Good morning and welcome to another episode of Smashy Business Daily. I'm Lubna Hamdan. And I'm Richard Fitzgerald. Who is drinking coffee for the first time yeah, um, ever. I gave up coffee in 2021. We talked about this before. And now like, I'm getting such little sleep and I just need an espresso, you know? I'm, I need to talk about this, but first I'm going to go quickly through the headlines. Um, Hella taxi accident uh, happened uh, and a Dubai passenger is claiming that she was in their taxi and it left her paralyzed. Uh, it's been raising questions about liability when it comes to ride hailing and e-hailing companies. Uh, next, we have the Emirates CMO uh, hinted uh, that the airline chose the NBA for a partnership over football uh, because the investment was, uh, quote unquote, a reasonable number. Uh, and then Big Macs are expensive and people are not happy. They're buying them much less. Interesting. Good stories today. Yeah, well, I'm drinking coffee, Lumna. But um, it, first and more importantly, happy birthday. Thank you. It's your birthday today. Oh, thanks so much. So, I appreciate that. So I... we should have cake with the coffee at breakfast. That's well, true. I think we'll have to have cake later. Well, we will have it later, but it's, That's true. it's a little bit early for cake. Or is it ever too early for cake? It's never too early for cake. <laughs> it makes me feel like Marie Antoinette's, I think, having cake for breakfast, right? Yeah. The famous let them eat cake line. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Was that her? I thought that was Queen Victoria. Yeah. No, this is Marianne Antoinette. No, it's Marianne Antoinette. Yeah, okay. It's not often that I get to correct you. So that yeah, was a nice, nice yeah. little moment. <laughs> Good. You got it. You got it. I'm sure plenty of times. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how you are after the coffee because this is the first time you've had coffee in how many years? No, I, lately, since I've been, I've traveled to the US, I've traveled to Saudi, and I'm still training and I'm going to a few more events because it's quite active, right? And like, I, I'm just, suck it back into quick espressos just to keep me going yeah but it, it's nice having a coffee i just i would like it not to be like uh the regular thing but uh it's okay i'm not not gonna overthink it okay you can yeah, yeah well, you can tell me about that uh, a week cool. after and back yeah, to you week. so <laughs> <laughs> your birthday and my coffee are not as equal importance so That's true. what are you what are you celebrating tonight are you doing anything uh i'm just celebrating with my family we celebrate you know traditionally at mm. home every day um but you know what's what, another thing that's interesting is we have some students here oh yeah uh, gen gen zers alpha right? gen, there's alpha, a new one alpha. yeah right oh my god there there's always a new name for these generations but they just gave a presentation about how they would do a media company they created uh, a media company and they're just amazing they're here to to eat our lunches aren't they they really are like uh but we but um so we it's augustus media academy right and it's mm -hmm. been running for a week it's the first week we did it and from different uh schools within the gems network or, or uh, group uh they came in and yeah, they've been so uh, positive all week and they just did their presentation. They got the certificates. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, they're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old or younger and all 20 or 30 of our team clapped and were really impressed with what they presented. I think the quality that they all have in common is uh, they're all fearless. Mm. I noticed they mm. just don't uh, mm. give a... Mm. Yeah. Give a crap. Yeah. Don't <laughs> Give care. a crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if we were allowed to use that word, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess we are. <laughs> um, right. So um, let's talk about the story that everyone is talking about. Uh, Hala Taxi. Uh, everyone is, is saying it's Karim, uh, it's the RTA, uh, but it's actually Hala Taxi. We had a disagreement about that. 
yesterday. So uh, a Dubai passenger, a Dubai resident, is claiming that um, an accident that happened in a Hala taxi, which is a JV between Karim and the RTA, but it is its own company, uh, it's left her paralyzed. Um, and it's been raising questions about uh, company liability when it comes to ride-hailing companies and e-hailing companies like Hala Taxi. Um, What do you think? Uh, I'll tell you first from the legal perspective, because we did ask legal experts, right? Mind you, we don't know the details of the police report. We don't know who the libel party is. We just uh, know that she has been claiming that it, it occurred, it took place in a Hala taxi uh, cab. Uh, none of the companies have commented back. We have reached out for requests request for comments. They have not commented back. She used to be an Emirates cabin crew. We know that she now works for Emirates. Emirates don't want to talk about that. Why, I don't know, because as you mentioned, it's actually a great story that they've given her a job, even though, um, that despite her disability. Now, legally, when it comes to liability, uh, a legal expert told us that from a traffic law perspective, the car driver is responsible, but if, uh, from a contractual perspective, uh, Kerim, the RTA, and Hala Taxi are responsible because the contract is with them. They cannot waive their liability. Another expert said she easily could have gotten one million dirhams in damages. Mm, mm. What do you think? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, like, the lady uh, published about this, happened a year ago or so, and she's published this in the last week or so, and it's blown up on social media. Yeah. And... Uh, Kitty she, on the wheels is her handle if yeah. you want to check it out yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, Daria, first name. And, Daria. you know, she's d done it in a way where, uh, you know, uh, you know, Karima mentioned, right? And I think um, mm. sometimes people jump on this and sometimes people sort of um, think it's a device issue or a problem, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, it's tragic what happened, right? Like, yeah. it's, you know, young people from around the world come to this city to... Uh, fulfill their hopes and dreams and there's some you know clearly she's a fun-loving person from what she posted and she's an enthusiastic person and even how she's bounced back already and to be back in the workplace like uh, it's really commendable and uh, you know I hope that uh, hope that she can uh, overcome the, the the difficulties as much as possible mm -hmm. but it's really tragic what's happened and accidents uh, you know unfortunately on the roads it's not something Uh, all the technology in the world has fixed yet, right? Yeah. People die regularly and tragic happens happen regularly. So it's it's really tragic. And I think at the bigger picture is let's try and fix that problem with yeah. self-driving or, oh, I don't know, let's try and yeah. less people to have accidents. And then, uh, you know, sometimes when this stuff comes up, Luna, so leaving that specific story aside for a second, whenever I hear about like stories like this with uh, Kareem or captains or gig economy and things like that and where the libel... Uh, accounts. People are some to see, seem to say that, oh, it's because people aren't treated well in Dubai. And I'm kind of like, hang on. If you look at the regulation in Silicon Valley and you look at all the court cases in California over the years, it's a huge global legal issue. The right. gig workers, where is the responsibility? If you're not a full-time employee, yeah. if you're not employed by Uber or whoever or DoorDash, mm -hmm. then where's the responsibility? Right? Exactly. And, and the Ubers don't want the responsibility. They want the contract workers because if, if you're a full-time employee, there's more liability on the company. Absolutely. And this is a global gig economy. It's a technology issue. And the lawyers allude to that. Mm. So, it's not, so it's not a Dubai lunchbox problem. It's a, it's a global problem. And I think 
you know, there, there's no fine, there's no definite answer to it. Each place will have its own regulation on that. Yeah, I just think that, and, and I know we disagreed about this uh, yesterday, but I, you didn't want to mention Kerim in the headline. I wanted to, mm. uh, and I wanted to mention the RTA as well. Uh, but if we just mention Hala Taxi, which is not as big as Kareem, are people going to pay uh, much attention to the story? Is it is it going to you know hold these larger companies accountable? Because okay, in this case, it is Hala Taxi. Um, Hala Taxi is provide you know the, you can book a Hala Taxi on the Kareem app. Are the RTA? Are the yeah? Yeah, right, correct. But Kareem have also had uh, faced backlash for for example, I think they had a campaign earlier that you you get a um, you get a refund if you don't get your food within X amount of minutes. What what does that mean for the writers? I yeah, mean, I, you know, I just pick up on something there because we don't need to hold someone to account. We don't need to hold companies to account. Like the fact of the matter is that the CEO of Halle came on Smashy before. There are a separate entity, just like Salik went public on the stock market. Mm. If Halle is super successful, they're in talks. They're in talks with uh, another Emirates to launch. They're in talks with other parts of the region. Halle could become an IPO, right? Mm -hmm. It's got thirty employees. It's got uh, a CEO. It's got a separate office. JV's incorporated JV's is different to unincorporated JV, and incorporated mm -hmm. JV is another company. Sure. So sure. they've found a gap in the market, and maybe it could be rolled out globally. So it is a Hala situation. The user doesn't know because the interface. But it's like saying it's like not blaming, not uh, talking about a B two B software. So it is it is a Hala situation. But you know, the bigger picture there is the is the gig workers and the and the legal liability around that. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to mention one other thing. I remember a couple of years ago. Casey and Love in Dubai interviewed uh, an American lady who'd never heard of Dubai, I don't think had had a passport, had never been out of America. And the, and the reason she moved to Dubai, she was unemployed, she came on Love in Dubai show and she got offered a job after it, which we felt really proud about, but uh, and it'd be good to check in on her, but the reason she came to Dubai is that her brother was a DoorDash delivery guy and he got shot dead on the doorstep delivering food at night in a rough neighborhood wow. right so wow. this this is one this is the point i'm trying to make like there are there are problems with innovation like you know we talk about facebook and accountability and, and you know the senate and all that sort of stuff right you can disrupt but you can also you know which is why regulation and which is why uh building a city of the future like is happening here and all the tech that's happening here all these things are important things from a regulatory uh, framework point of view yeah, absolutely. And your, but your question was, I kind of digress. My, my question was that, you know, even though this is a Hala Taxi problem, um, considering that Kareem is also in, in the ride hailing, uh, you know, space, and with their drivers, they do really push them to the limit when it okay. comes to delivery times, and they have faced backlash for that. So I'm, I'm just thinking, like, these companies do generally, aside from the story, they do need to take some accountability, right? Yeah, look, fair enough. I mean, that, those companies uh, have their things to worry about. I think we're, we're trying to tell the story about shed light and information that doesn't exist and tell the story of that. And then we know that there are other stakeholders. There's the regulators, 
there's the companies. I think, um, you know, over the years uh, on our other media brands, we've covered a lot of the, the gig economy workers or the, the captains and the drivers and uh, everyone who works on these apps, right? And I think uh, the way that it's done is just showing how they're, how they evolve and how things change. And I think that's all that we can do. Like, you know, there's competitors to those companies who do think that they don't treat them well. Yeah. There's people in those companies who do think they do treat them well. Uh, you know, there's people who think that uh, lawyers are overworked, bankers are abused, uh, people in the creative industry are abused, uh, people in the coffee and the barista industry are abused. There's other people who are more growth mindset and think that they're yeah. happy to have a job. And, you know, so it, it goes back to this whole thing, right? Like True. it's almost ideology about where you stand. But, right. uh, you know, I, I think, um, I, again, I'll always say this, I think, Technology and is a net good, and I think uh, the Kareem have done wonders for the region. Uh, they yeah, probably true. shouldn't have sold to Uber. They're e like they've even the super app stuff. Like I remember when that Fetcher, was a mistake, wasn't it? Probably, I, I do think so. Uh, it's a, it's an evolution, but probably. I mean, most people say that Souk and Kareem, but but three billion is a lot of money. Like you know, but but I think the interesting thing about Kareem is that they did so well with diversifying their portfolio like they yeah. they owned the box thing and that wasn't that shouldn't have been theirs because Fetcher yeah. had a march on them you know but that I mean gosh Kareem box is amazing so uh, good it's just that you know the app really needs some fi financial backup I think yeah because uh, it's not that good um, uh, anyways yesterday uh, you did something very journalistic okay <laughs> and uh, and I, I was I was very proud uh, as a journalist so you went to the Emirates press conference which was wonderful but and, yeah uh, which was amazing so they just signed they just partnered with the NBA yeah uh, tell us the question that you asked and tell us how you felt yeah so uh, the, it was stunning right there was an Emirates HQ and it was uh, Brent Black was uh, talking and there was a star from the NBA and someone from the NBA organization and the head of marketing at uh, a very longer title than that, I don't do him justice, but Butcher's Booster is a legend in the industry. And so it was very pomp, it was very sort of brilliant Emirates, brilliant videos, NBA brands, Emirates brands, like two really global brands, really yeah. amazing. And they announced this global partnership and uh, I asked the question and I said, uh, will we see NBA on ice, but also what's the total investment? And then followed up with like, will we see more investment in, will we see more NBA uh, basketball in, leagues in the UAE and all that? And they sort of ignored the question about the investment. And then later someone asked about, uh, someone asked a follow-on question of um, why, if, if you're sponsoring something in the US in sports, why did you pick NBA? Mm -hmm. And uh, the full answer was that they were, they, they, would, they were looking at this for a long time. But then also that it, coming back to me, he looked and he said it was a reasonable price, it was a reasonable amount. Um, and uh, our brilliant journalist here, Lubna, has kind of said that you know Emirates uh, did it because they they got it for cheap. But I think what's 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 interesting. So that's that wouldn't have been my interpretation, but it was just look. But like, you asked the question. That was amazing, and you felt weird because everyone went silent. I felt like I said the wrong thing at Emirates HQ. Yeah. And that's how you know you asked the right <laughs> question. But look, like I think sponsorship, like. It's not global marketing sponsorship aren't secrets, right? If you invest in the Olympics, it's a fifty million dollar or two. Like people yeah. know the ticket for a sponsorship, yeah. right? And NBA are one of the most commercial, savvy sports leagues, probably exactly. 
the most commercial. Yeah. But what's happening in the US at the moment is the NFL is dominating. Super Bowl Sunday coming up, uh, most views per platform. I think the statistics of like TV in the US last year, mm -hmm. nothing com comes close to NFL. Mm -hmm. I think like, wrong numbers, but 93 of the 100 most topped linear t watched shows last mm -hmm. year in the US were NFL. Yeah, like absolutely. NBA doesn't come close to, to football in the US. Right. So I think that could have been, that is interesting to look at it like that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he gave a really nice story. He said he went to Australia and someone said, who should you sponsor? And they said, well, tennis, well, they do that. They do the US Open, they do yeah. Australia Open. Yeah. They sponsor AC Milan, they sponsor Benfica, they sponsor Arsenal is the Emirates Stadium. Like, mm. you know, when, when we were invited to an Emirates sponsorship thing, it was kind of like, well, they do things big. Yeah. So what's it going to be? And was it going to be, um, you know, there's a lot of talk in the US right now, we're probably running over, but they've just announced the stadiums for the 2026 World Cup. Yeah. And all the stadiums, like the MetLife and everything like that, right? So Emirates, like, what are they going to sponsor? Yeah. Do they sponsor a team, a stadium? And they've gone for the whole league, that's which kind of is, yeah. I, I think it's brilliant. And I, I, happy for you to go with this angle, and that's cool. <laughs> but I just think, like, I'm, I was sitting there, like, and probably brainwashed, but, like, I was just so proud. I was so proud that, like, because I know how, how hard it is to do business with NBA. And to come, to get to invest in a commercial thing, like, if Emirates, you know, people want to catch Emirates and now they've just flown away again. Lovely yeah. problem, but like they've just yeah. kind of went to America's prime asset yeah. and sports in America is so commercial and so huge. So yeah. kudos to Emirates. Kudos and, to them. Yeah. You, 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 can't, you know what? People love to hate on companies that succeed here in the region, you know, especially publications like The Guardian. They just, they always have something <laughs> bad to say. So, no, you, you can't help but feel proud, right? I'm going to say one last story and then we're going uh, to introduce our guest. We, we have an interview. We have a really inter interesting guest after this. But um, I remember when, there, when Mike Tyson came over to Dubai a couple of years back and there was a press conference and just going back to your story about I felt like I said the wrong thing Mike Tyson at the time I was supposed to interview him and uh, his PR person told me by mistake uh, that he's refusing interviews with female reporters and he was coming to Dubai at the time to open some kind of gym that obviously never opened which happens a lot with athletes they come here they make these huge announcements the deal doesn't follow through um, but I remember I asked the question, I said, why are you refusing interviews with female reporters? And Chris Fade was the MC at the time, and he just kind of snatched uh, <laughs> the mic from my hand, and uh, we had a, a little row about it. But yeah, everyone went silent, um, and you know, I left as soon as the press conference ended. Um, but it was, yeah, Chris and I are friends now, it's fine. But uh, it, well, welcome to, to the world of journalism and how, how journalists feel like the outsiders all okay. the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're the pro here. I'm, I'm doing my best to help. But yeah. yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it, was, it was great of you to ask that question. Um, anyways, uh, next up, we've got uh, Alex Mubert. He's the co-founder of Creative Studio Delivered, uh, multimedia that work for results. But what does that mean? We're about to find out. Welcome back, guys. We've got Alex studio. Hello, hello. Welcome, Alex. So you're the co-founder of Delivered. Yeah. Uh, it's a multimedia that works for results. Yes, it's a creative correct. studio. Yes. What exactly does that mean? So <clears throat> I will start with uh, some background on myself. I have uh, two educations. One is very, very technical. Mm -hmm. 
and one is uh, very creative. It's the jazz music. I used to play on the double bass, the oh. jazz music, yeah. There's a song, I don't know if you've watched uh, This Is Us, but there's a song called uh, We Can Always Come Back To This. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you know it? Yes. It's one of my favorite songs. Nice. Okay, go ahead. So uh, this is like where the technology meets the creative. So that's like in my mind, you know? And uh, I, I was starting, I was working in creative industry for uh, like 15 years. And mostly my work was, uh, you know, behind the, some very cool creative projects where you need to apply a lot of innovations into the into the marketing. Yeah. So multimedia is uh, the combination of uh, like media. So the sound, the content, the the lights, the temperature, so everything. Yeah. So it's like omnisensory thing around us, and. Uh, you know, mostly this, this industry is not called multimedia industry, but I think it's like one of the future titles for that. Yeah, So absolutely. with the creative innovations, it's like uh, the, 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 the applying of the creative uh, technologies to the ceremonies, to the shows, to the real estate development, I mean, the, the surrounding around us, yeah. to, the, to the content and so on. Yeah. So tell us about some of the projects that you would do, for example, just, just so people can understand the services uh, a bit better. Yeah, for example, uh, the, one of the last projects uh, we held in Dubai Future Foundation, it's the partner company of the Museum of the Future here in Dubai. Yeah. And it was the, um, the project where uh, the, um, we applied a lot of innovations. So it was the AI music, which, is, which was generating in real time, and the young Emirati boy, his name is uh, Rashid Al Marzuki. Wow. He was playing piano, wow. like national music of uh, you know Emirates music, wow. like the heritage. And AI was like learning from this music in real time, and around that there was a lot of graphics, and it was like the it was not the pre-made show, it was the real time. So every time he played something. AI starts to learn from him in real time, just from scratch. And, and the graphics around were, were developing the graphics, which are also generative. So everything is like real time. So what was AI doing exactly? Cre uh, uh, creating music with him as well, or was it the graphics? No, the music as well. The music yes, as well. The graphics were uh, like algorithmic. So okay. the graphics were listening to the music from him and from AI. Wow. And, you know, creating all these effects around. And AI was learning and training in real time based on what he's playing. So yeah. you can play jazz music, it will try, try to play jazz with you. So the, 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 the middle parts, like the melodies around and so on. Yeah. Do artists like that? Because I'm thinking a lot of people would uh, would think, oh, you know, is, is Rashid going to have a job in the future, yeah. you know? Um, what, what would you say to that? Well, uh, seven years ago, I launched the company and I was the first uh, in the world who developed AI music application. Seven years ago. Nobody was talking about AI at that moment. Wow, it was very, very, ago. you know, uh, unique and niche thing. Yeah. And uh, by this moment, we have 10,000 musicians on the platform wow. and they they like apply a lot of their content to our mm -hmm. platform and we pay for this content. Uh -huh. And uh, the end users, they will get the like real cool content because uh, uh, the music is generated like according to the to the content that was applied by very famous and cool musicians from Berlin, from US, and so on. So you need, nice. you know, musicians should be the part of this movement, and uh, they yeah. should be compensated for that, and the whole industry should work. 
like on on the both sides, mm-hmm. musicians and the and the and the AI technologies. I like your take on that because it's kind of like when uh, you know the internet <laughs> came along yeah. and and social media. Let's say that the internet is, is way back now, but mm. when social media came along, you can either embrace it uh, as a journalist, which is what we're doing here at uh, mm. at, at Smashy and, and at Lovin, uh, and Augustus Media is you know, uh, providing news through social media, yeah. right? It was hard for me to uh, accept that when I first joined because I am a print uh, journalist and, yeah. and uh, online journalist second. Um, but okay, I, I like that. So musicians should work together with AI. They shouldn't be afraid of, yeah, of, of AI. They should it's use the it tool. as a tool. It's the yeah. tool, and but you know, today, like every tool is used um, by like good people and bad people mm. same as like nuclear for example technology it mm-hmm. could be used like in both ways yeah so at the moment some companies like the big companies i don't want to say the names but they use the content which is uh, you'll copy- tell me their names later yeah after the show yes yeah, so <laughs> this content is copyright protected even the uh, the journalist content for example it's copyright protected usually right but they right. just used it to to apply to the AI and then AI can generate all these you know similar texts based on this content and yeah. these uh, are the, the original copyright owners they were not compensated for that mm-hmm. so that's the big question at the moment in this industry how it will work and I'm on the side of the musicians because I'm the creative guy myself mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of creative business and I'm Did the jazz musician jazz yeah nice. I was the jazz musician and uh, yeah I was playing on the same stage with Massive Attack with you know the big bands but yeah. for me it's like something where uh, something important that we should solve mm-hmm. and uh, in, in on my side we are always on the side of the musicians because uh, you can have a lot of you know end clients but if you have no no creators the content will be bad and they will not buy it Yes. But if you have a lot of cool musicians and they like love your product and they love your approach, yeah. you will always sell the, their content to, to the end users. True. Tell me a little bit about uh, the business model. So is yeah. it subscription-based? How do you make uh, money? So for Delivered, uh, yes. yeah, for Delivered, we are like the agency at the moment. But at the okay. same time, we're building the new business um, like based on the immersive spaces. Okay. So it's uh, like the space where you can, you know, um, look for the cool content, for the shows. It's okay. like uh, the content is generating around you. It's like uh-huh. the mapping rooms, the, the rooms with the screens, with the mirrors right. and so on. So right. it's like immersive experience rooms. And this, right. is, this will be the business based on the franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second part is the agency business. So you will create the content, but you won't provide the spaces, or will you provide both the spaces and the content? We provide the technology, the, technolo- the te- okay. technical supervision, okay. and the content for events and companies and. Yeah, at the moment for events, but uh, we see the big, the big uh, like business model by, by, by building these immersive spaces in the malls, in the in the cinema theaters. Right. So yeah. Right. Okay, interesting. I have a question for you because there was um, there was that kind of experience with Van Gogh, uh, Van yeah. Gogh's art. Sorry, not yeah. him, not him himself. I wish he was still alive. What a legend! But yeah. um, it was there in, in the Dubai Mall, and yeah. uh, they shut it down. Uh, we don't know the reason. We don't know if there were enough people that were interested. Yeah. Um, do you think people would be interested? How how is the demand for that? You know, it's uh, the demand for technology base is based on the content. One right. Gog is like, it's okay, mm. but imagine. It's okay. I mean, he's <laughs> he's very you know famous artist and so on, but yeah. you know mostly the people are demanding Spider Man, not Van Gogh. Right. Just right. imagine this room, which is filled by Spider Man, and yeah. 
you can go on. So there will be a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we should have, focus. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that 25% should be uh, for the digital artists, for, for the famous artists, like for the art content, artistic content, yeah. very creative content. Mm. And 75% of this uh, time should be spent on the popular things, on the popular franchises, uh, like uh, IPs, and something you know about the space, about the nature, about yeah. the f f famous, uh, and not, not famous uh, fantasy worlds, and so on. Yeah. Which is more, you know, maybe anime for people. or something like that as well. Anime is amazing, yeah. and uh, we are dreaming to build one room which is like anime based. Yeah, know? nice. Okay, yeah. very cool. Um, what are your expectations for for the business? Um, you mean? Like, what what are your expectations in terms of, uh, you know, what are your goals for this year? Um, yeah, for this year we have uh, some some revenue-based goals, and uh, we want to launch uh, the first um, this uh, like immersive space. And the okay. first one will be launched on Bali, in this you know amazing amazing island in uh, Indonesia. In Bali, okay, yeah. not not in Dubai. Not in Dubai, but you this are based year. in Dubai. We are based in Dubai and okay. in Indonesia, so we have okay. like two locations at the moment. Nice. I'm really jealous that you're based in Bali. <laughs> yeah. How nice. One of my friends uh, lives uh, lives there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she, yeah. I just live my life vicariously through her. Okay. So you're opening the first studio this year. Uh, uh, in no, Bali. it will be the outdoor uh, immersive jungle. So it's like five thousand wow. square meters. It's like the road through the jungle, and it will be filled by a lot of immersive things, the soundscapes, the multimedia installations, wow. the lighting installations. So you will immerse yourself through this jungle, and yes. it will be the first our own case uh, mm. for, for, the, for this uh, business model. How, did, how does that happen? Do you have to lease the land, or and how, how are you going to make money from that? By its, like ticket prices from people, yeah. or will it be only for events that companies can book will it be both yeah that's you know the, the very cool story because the the location will be based in the city which is called noano mm -hmm. and this city is the private city so you know today like everything happens and there are a lot of you know this uh, uh, utopia things and yeah. one of the our investor actually in the company he's building the city in indonesia the city for creators it's called noano so it's the wow. city for you know the creative people there will be in the future. There will be the university for creative, uh, you know, studies like the digital fashion, digital architecture, and so on. Nice. And at the moment, uh, they have uh, several objects there already built, and we build like three. Uh, at the moment, we're building three of them: two media sculptures. It's nice. the huge landmarks with a lot of technologies around, Very and cool. one this um, this uh, ecopath. It's called ecopath. It's the multimedia park. So nice. we are happy to work with him. On these amazing projects, and and so how you know will it be tickets? Will it be a private? You said it's a private space. Uh, it's a private city. Sorry. No, it's not private. It's uh, the it, it will have uh, so they, they aim to have five million uh, visitors per year. Okay. And uh, ten, privately owned, you mean? Sorry. Yeah, okay. privately I, owned. I yeah, and okay. ten ten thousand of residents. Okay. And it's like on their turn, so either they will uh, make the tickets and they will uh, get the money from them, or it will be free, okay. or it will be for the residents. Right. So right. it depends on the business model. They they always trying to find the the good business model which is like suitable for this creative mind. Right. 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 Sure. Okay. What about uh, in Dubai? Are you in talks with with anyone to do something like that? Um, are you yeah. thinking of? Yeah. Of course. That? We have uh, some good conversations and negotiations. 
We also uh, work a lot with uh, Saudi. So for the because I'm say, thinking Neom would be the perfect yeah, place yeah. for that. <laughs> but our part is mostly on the when, like right before the construction, mm. right after the design stage. So we should be right. on the design stage to start the construction. Sure. And Neom, for example, is not like it's way from from construction. It's like the right. concepts at the moment. Right. But yeah, we would love Alala, to work with maybe. them. Yeah, we would love to work with them to apply these, you know, crazy things. Because my my, like my dream is to apply multimedia, not only as the entertainment solution, but also as the well-being solution, where the okay. you know the 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 lights are adaptive, mm. so the sounds are adaptive and they are like soothing, healing around you. So multimedia works yes. to to make yourself feel more more calm, you know, more yeah. creative. Yeah. to inspire you and so on. Nice. So that's why we, we think that multimedia will be applied to this, you know, amazing cities yeah, yeah. like Neom. Not like these lights, they're just uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> killing us. But, yeah. um, okay, that's really cool because we had a sleep expert uh, on the show a couple of days ago. Really? And, uh, yeah, her name is Julie Malone. She's amazing. Shout out, Julie. And uh, she was explaining how much light really affects your sleep. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a really interesting angle, the, the well-being part of it. But um, we're, we're running a bit short on time, but I, just one last question. You mentioned revenue um, before. Yeah. Any expectations for, for revenue? I mean, how much are you looking to, to uh, This year? Yeah. This year, yeah. Uh, the, the, the plan is $8 million. $8 million yeah. this year. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And the company is how old? Uh, the company is one year old. One year this old. This one. But the, okay. the expertise is very high mm -hmm. because my co-founder, she's in this industry maybe like 15 years. Mm -hmm. I'm in the creative industry also like around 15 years. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We started like not from scratch. We started from you know right. our own expertise and just launched the company and right. we got a lot of right. uh, attention. How much revenue? I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit, but yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're not comfortable, it's okay. How much did you make last year? Yeah, two million. Two million. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Around two million. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, there's so much opportunity. It's it's an amazing concept, and I'm I'm really excited to, to Thank see. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I'll go to Bali <laughs> soon for, for yeah, vacation. Yeah, you will visit these installations. You will be impressed. Yeah. When, when is it launching? The city will be launched uh, like uh, within this year. The installations are already launched. It's one of them, so you can nice. you can visit and look at that. Nice. So it's the installation which is made with the, the famous U.S. artist uh, Daniel Potter. Mm -hmm. It's like the two huge faces with mapping around, so it's like amazing. Very cool. I can already yeah. see all the fashion brands like yeah. running to that, and yeah, you know how yeah. they all just went to Saudi. I feel like this, yeah, having an immersive experience like that, like yeah. uh, would be really cool. Cool. Thanks so much, Alex. That Thanks for having me. Really yeah. interesting. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, um, subscribe to Smashy TV, uh, our streaming service. Uh, or if you prefer to listen to us on audio, uh, get us wherever you get your podcasts, Anghami, Apple, Spotify, and uh, follow us on all social media. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you.